While fintech headlines are often grabbed by the upstarts, some who are making the most waves can trace their roots back to the beginning before there was even a fintech. Today on the podcast, the two Ds have just such a visionary and a doer, Hervé Masseron, the co-founder and CEO of Scalit. In a fascinating conversation, Hervé traces his path from the earliest days of software engineering to leading a company that's a core banking game changer in Africa and soon beyond. It's all here on Dave and Darm Demystify. From the studios of NMD Plus in the UK and US comes the Dave and Darm Demystify show. Dave and Darm Demystify Show, making sense of the world of fintech and digital finance. Sit back and listen as the two Ds take a subject and chat it through to make it clearer and easier to understand. And now, here are your hosts, Dave Wallace and Darm Mystery. Demystify. Welcome to the Dave and Darm Demystify Show, and this week, I'm going to practice some of my French because you didn't know that I could speak any. Did you, Dave? <laughs> no, I didn't. My, yeah. I'm worrying about cultural inappropriation and no, appropriation no. now. So. <laughs> I can train you if you want. So our special guest this week is Hervé Masseron. Did I say that correctly? Excellent. So it's a first, parfait, first level of French. Parfait, Darmish. So parfait. Bonjour. Parfait, absolutely. And that's the limit I get to, apart from ordering a beer. But, Eve, you're from a company from Scalit, and you came on our radar because whoever is doing your digital marketing is doing a good job. Literally, I'm finding your name everywhere, and you seem to be pushing out a lot of content around banking as a service. So... I had to reach out to your team and get you guys on because I've never heard of you before or the company, and now you seem to be everywhere. So, Hervé, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about Skelet? Yes, with pleasure. So, first of all, thanks a lot for this interview. So, my name is, as you say, Hervé Monseron, as we say in French. I'm a software guy. I'm a software engineer. I used to be in a French engineering school doing software, only software. It was a long time ago, you know, software has changed a lot because I'm today 61. So I was at school in the beginning of 80s. I saw the first PC with no hard disk arriving at school. Yes, I remember. Just a floppy. So it, the world has changed a lot since that date. But I started probably at a very, very exciting period of time to start software engineering. At school, I was dedicated to what we call at this time real time, which is in fact telecom. Okay. And I started the first part of my career developing telecom products, telecom platform, actually. Okay. So in an unbelievable world changing environment, because we moved in a few years from legacy telecom circuit system to a very boiling IP world. Really in a few, let's say, something like 20 years, okay? With a very competitive landscape. If you add also the arriving of the mobile phone operators, the world has completely changed. 
it was very, very exciting, you know, being an observer of the way the world was changing. I explained that to you because what I see in the banking industry is very similar to what I saw in the telecom industry. Probably there is some differences. Typically, it's a bit slower in the banking industry because of the regulation, because of the, I would say, the sensitivity of what we do with the money of people and so on. Except the speed, the world is changing is probably very similar. I couldn't agree more. When we were looking to redevelop our core at Temenos into microservices, the architecture, obviously at the time it was very early on and very difficult to find engineers. And my firm recommendation was from the telecoms industry, mainly because the model was very similar. You have a customer and you have an account and you were billing for minutes. We were billing for cash, right? But you guys already, when I say you guys, the telecoms industry already went through a scaling factor to go from, you know, a few minutes of calls a few times a day to like lots more calls, billing for each individual text message and then billing for bits and bytes as the internet came along. So that kind of accountability needed your systems, you know, telecom systems to scale massively. And I believe telcos were one of the first to really re-architect their solutions to get into much more scalable technology. So, yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me, Hervé. Exactly, exactly. Yes, scalability is also absolutely technically speaking. So today, banking platform is in fact a telecom platform. As I developed during 20 years telecom platform, this is exactly the same. Okay, we don't manipulate exactly the same type of data, but the architecture of the product, the scalability, the security issues. Remember that in telecom world, we are mainly in 5.9. When I started banking in a few years, you know, I had customers with uh, hours of outage per week. Okay, so in some cases, the bank is stopping activity at 6 p.m. and starting <laughs> the next day. So it's 50% availability. Okay, so telecom industry in terms of security availability is extremely, extremely high. 5.9 is difficult to manage, too difficult to reach, but it's the DNA that has been developed by this industry. And I believe that the banking industry moving to real time is moving to the same type of level of expectations. So first period of time of my career, I was developing a telecom platform. I used to be, in fact, a serial entrepreneur. Just after school, I used to work in a fantastic company developing uh, modems for 18 months. And after that, I created the first company developing, I don't know if you remember that business, what we call PC cards. You insert in PCs and you transform the PC, big PC, into a telecom platform, actually. And you can connect telephone lines and so on. So I was in the PC cards business. And I sold that business to a U.S. company in 1995, and I have created a new business developing voice over IP solutions. And in 2005, I met a smart card expert. He was the head of innovation at Gemalto. It was from Schumberger Cartapus at this time. We decided to join, to work together, to create Ketakpe company. And that company with the idea of developing modern solution of payment. You know, at this time, we started with the technology we had developed. So Yves, his name was Yves Eonet. Yves was an expert in 
payment means, I would say, because a smart card is a solution, is a payment means. And I was an expert in telecom solution, in telecom platform. Working together, joining together, we decided to develop a solution using technology called NSDT that we had developed, near sound data transfer, sound-based technology that allows any type of phone everywhere in the world to make a transaction. In fact, the idea of Eve was that now we have a smart card in our phone. We don't need another smart card to secure a transaction. Okay, so his idea was, how can I use my own phone to authenticate a transaction? Right. And his idea was, at this time, remember, in 2004, no smartphone. Okay, so you only have, I would say, stupid future phone. His bright idea was to say, I have a microphone on all phones in the world. I have a loudspeaker. And I will use the loudspeaker and the microphone to secure a transaction. Oh, wow. Okay, so the technology was called NSDT. And in 2008, we won the Best Innovation Award at the World GSM Congress in Barcelona that put a lot of lights from African countries to our technology because just before that, Safaricom in Kenya has launched M-Pesa right. and the market was completely exploding. And everywhere in the continent, people said, oh my God, things are really changing. There is an experimentation with a telecom operator in Kenya, but I am in, I would say, Ivory Coast or in Namibia. I want to do the same. I'm a bank. I want to do the same, but I'm not a telecom operator. So I need a technology to be able to secure a transaction. And by chance, we won the Best Innovation Award. And then a lot of people in Africa saw our technology and contacted us to say, how can we use your technology to set up a payment solution? And our first customer was in Namibia. It was a fantastic venture, you know, 2009, remember that? You know, uh, it was a bit difficult to speak, <laughs> but we succeeded. We managed to deploy the complete system on-premise in Namibia, in Vinduk, without going there. Wow remotely. It was a fantastic venture. And we opened our first, I would say, payment services in 1st of September 2009 in Vinduk. And after that, we discovered the world of, I would say, digital money, okay, wallet, the world of wallet. So we developed in many countries in Africa, focus on the financial inclusion. Okay, so the idea was very simple. There is almost 1 billion people in Africa and only, let's say, 50 million have a bank account. So meaning that there is 950 million of people with no bank account, but they all have a phone on his hand and cash in the pocket. Okay, so the idea was how to help financial institutions to use our technology to develop services for people to get into the formal payment. Okay. So we did that in many countries. In about 2013, 2014, we had our first big customer, big bank customer in DRC, Republic of Congo in Kinshasa. The bank is called Trust Merchant Bank, which is one of the biggest bank in the country. And we made a deal with them and they told us our product is fantastic, but we want to use it to make a banking service. It's amazing that, you know, you got to this conclusion with it's almost like a 30-year evolution right it's all leading to this moment fantastic achievement well done exactly so how many banks do you have at the moment that you're working with can you say we have about 40 customers wow it's both a small and a big number yeah okay so it's a small number because our 
target is probably to have 200, 300, 500 customers in the world. But it's already a significant number and we have very various customers. We have uh, high demander customers and so on. So, you know, it's already a big number. So can I ask, are your products for personal customers and business customers or is it just personal? Okay, we do both. Probably one of the interesting things about Scalit is because our experience starting with financial inclusion in Africa and developing now, I would say, for example, B2B business with Bass company in France, we have a very large spectrum of features and of capabilities. Okay, and then we do provide, I would say, mainly commercial banks okay. for individuals. Okay, mainly. But we also have three types of customers in the market. People developing services for individuals. So typically we have a neobank in Polynesia called NewPay, which is very, very dynamic and very fast growing, even if it's a small territory, you know. But the company is developing very well. So very, very similar to Revolut or N26, if you want, okay? You have a card, you have an account, and it's easy to use and so on. So we have customers like this, and we have the financial inclusion business in Africa, which is also typically a neobank, okay? The product needs to be easy to use, cost-effective, smart, quick, and so on, okay? Easy to integrate also, because in Africa, the bank is in the center of an ecosystem, the difference between Africa and Europe is probably the fact that in Europe, banking is interoperable. Okay, so you can do a SDD or a CT. You can easily transfer money between a bank to another one, and you can get money from someone. In Africa, it's impossible. There is no interoperability amongst banks, I say, generally speaking. Okay, And then the bank is the center of an ecosystem, and the bank is connected to a lot of third parties Typically, uh, electricity company, water company, you know, services company. For example, just for you to have an idea, in Africa, we are connected to more than 200 service providers. Okay. And among those 200, we are connected to aggregators that are also connected to a lot of service providers. So the banking system in Africa, the core banking, the solution is natively built or designed to be connected. And this is something which is particular because of our DNA and something we develop and our customers are, are loving in Europe is because our product is really open, you know, open to outside. Okay. And then very easy to integrate, very easy to integrate. And the solution now, just from a technology perspective, it's all cloud native and consumable through APIs, I guess. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah, yes, yes. We spoken to a number of you know core banking vendors and bass players and we always try to work out what do you think makes you different compared to your competitors what's the thing that's attractive about you guys versus you know a 10x or a thought machine or you know a vodina somebody else okay it's an interesting question it's a bit difficult to tell it in a few words if we want to avoid to say exactly the same as our uh, competition okay so we have the best APIs, yeah, yeah. blah, blah. We, we all say the same thing, okay? Okay, so it's not really, I mean, useful and there is no value saying that, so I will avoid to say this type of things. My view about this market is the fact that, first of all, I believe truly that there is two types of providers. There is the legacy providers, 
Temenos, Finastra, you know, FIS, and so on. They have a very large capability of services, Sopra in France, and so on. So this is the first part of the market. And the second part of the market includes a certain number of players, like you said, Mambu, Sot Machine, Tenix, Us, and so on. We are the new one. The legacy one, I would put them in the same basket. They are very similar, generally not doing any SaaS business, providing so. This is relatively homogeneous. On our side, we have all, my vision, okay? We have all a real different history. Let's take the example of Mambu. Mambu is coming from the uh, MFI business and from the loan business for MFI, okay? And we are coming from the payment. Yeah, yeah. I make it a bit simple, but just for you. And Soot Machine has a vision of, we want to develop a framework to allow the bank to develop new generation of product based on our framework. So we have very different history. We are starting to converge to the capability of being able to compete, saying that we have a product that is able to cover more or less all the needs of a bank. Okay, But you will have banks, they want to develop things. And they will be very pleased with Soot Machine. And you have banks that don't want to develop anything. And they will be very happy with us. For example, I would like to say a few words about what we believe is different on our side. Okay? First of all, we are able to deliver a complete off-the-shelf bank, including the apps. Okay, So we have a culture, we have an ecosystem, we have a capability to be able to deliver to our customers an end-to-end solution. So this is exactly what we do in Africa. So for example, we have a fantastic customer in Mauritania called BMCI, which is the largest bank in Mauritania. They wanted to launch a service which is similar to N26, and they don't want to develop anything. Okay, so the question was, how can you deliver that? So we have the capability of delivering a complete off-the-shelf banking solution in SaaS, And we said to the customer, we will push the app for you. You just have to upload it on your store. Okay. And the app will be using your logo, colors, and so on. So there is a certain level, a certain capability of configuring it, but it's a standard app. So we have one app and we have millions of people using the same app with different colors. Okay. Now we can adapt the design also. So we are progressing in terms of capability of personalization, if you want. But this is standard. The app used by Mauritanian people on the street of Nouakchott is exactly the same as the people using the app NewPay in Papete. So same app. Okay, different logo, different colors, some different UX and so on, but exactly the same app. In terms of software industry, if you want, we push exactly the same code. Wow. Exactly the same code. So that's probably a first very significant difference because Mambo and Soap Machine are not at all on that type of business. Okay. Secondly, we have probably our experience in Africa has allowed us to develop a very high capability of easy integration. So we say with Scalit, Scalit is the easiest to integrate. The promise is to say to the customer, with us, it will be easy to integrate because we have developed over the years a certain number of features of architecture that allows very smooth and very easy integration. 
which is, for example, for Française des Jeux, we had between the RFP, we had to set up a demo and our partner has made the demo in a few days. When I say days, probably hours. Okay, so he had an app, he has connected the app to us and it works immediately and it was, I would say, very smooth. So that capability of integration probably is something unique for us and it allows the customer to set up, I would say, a simple ecosystem. It doesn't need to take 300 people from a very high-end integrator to develop a complete back-end and so on to support the service. We make things simple. And then time to market is very quick. The cost is, of course, extremely low because you don't need a lot of people to develop something new. So the idea is to mutualize. Again, I'm very impressed by what Soot Machine is doing, but Soot Machine is doing a tool where we are more likely doing a product. Okay? I'm very conscious of time, but I'm really, you know, struck by how the origins of much of the business came out of dealing with banks in Africa and solving problems that, you know, as you describe, problems around lack of interoperability and more archaic types of technology. And my final question is that without that experience, would you be where you are today? I mean, I know it's a leading question, but both Dharm and I were born in Africa. So I think we're always interested in that sort of African story. The African connection. Yeah. yeah. African connection. Yeah. You know, for the history, by chance, my parents were living in Ivory Coast when I was born. Okay. So you're, you're an African as well? So. Actually, technically speaking, I was not in Abidjan. My mother came back to France okay. Okay, to have the baby. But one month after, or something like this, I have a passport with a date. One month after, I went back to Africa. So by chance, if you believe the destiny, probably is not just only chance. So I spent my first years with my parents in Abidjan. So probably I had a good understanding of the continent, at least West Africa. My understanding is that developing banking products requires to learn a lot of things about the bank. And we have learned a lot, a lot, a lot working with African banks and working with, you know, the type of issues they are facing. Okay. We could spend hours. I have a lot of history about the technical issues, local technical issues due to lack of infrastructure and so on and so on. So we have developed a lot, a lot of capability. Typically, easy to integrate is because the banks in Africa are missing, I would say, resources in terms of people. So it's very difficult for them to find developers. They don't have the infrastructure to do that. So by definition, you need to deliver them something which is simple to use with a simple API, with simple docs, which is ready to use, actually. We believe that this is thanks to what we have done in Africa, we are now able to develop in Europe. And my co-founder said something that I found very fun. The Silicon Valley Bank is in Africa. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good idea, you know. You then look at some of the innovation that's happening in African countries and what's happening around inclusion and the payments revolution. And it's a very fair comment and very fair point. It's been very interesting. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about the business. Your history is interesting and your positioning is fascinating as well. I also think you're very inspirational in the way that you talk. I wouldn't be surprised you've got a very motivated team behind you. So congratulations on everything that you've achieved. And yeah, thanks again for coming on to the show. Maybe if you have one more minute, I would like to say 
on the future of the company. I truly believe that the most European, worldwide banking institution will switch. Okay, They are still, in large majority, they are still using a legacy system. They will switch, most of them. And we believe that what we have developed is as a right position to be able to fit expectations of most of the banks, not the ones they want to develop, not the one they have thousands of people, you know, developing and so on when they develop themselves. Okay. But for the financial institutions, they want to use a product to make their business. We believe that we are exactly at the right place. Fantastic. Well, merci mille fois, as my French grandmother would have said. Really? Oh, you have a French grandmother? Oh, really? Oui, oui, oui. Excellent. J'ai beaucoup de cousins qui habitent en France, à Cannes. Cannes, ah, moi je vais à Antibes. J'ai oh. une maison à Antibes. Fantastic. À côté de Cannes, juste à côté de Cannes. Brilliant. Well, J'étais à Cannes la semaine dernière. <laughs> I was in Cannes last week. Oh, that's uh, one of in my favorite places. You know, Ile de l'Erins, just in front of Cannes. Okay. Ile de l'Erins. Oh, know, yeah, no, no, no. I was there last November. And... Really? Yeah. We were on the island and looking back on the Alps, it was just absolutely beautiful. Sainte Marguerite or Saint Honorat? Which one? Sainte Marguerite, yeah. Sainte Marguerite, the largest. Yes. The first. Yes. Anyway, well, thank you so much. You're welcome. It was a pleasure talking with you. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Dave and Dan Demystify. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault on SoundCloud. Be sure to connect with Dave Wallace and Darmish Mystery on LinkedIn. And until next time, ciao and have a marvellous week. The Dave and Darm Demystify Show is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago and Austin, Texas.